Welcome to Grazing Hell, the one and only podcast made by a cow. And I've got a lovely guest today, and that is Ash Tanya. Hi, everybody. Oh, <laughs> we are here, we are recording, and it ha- it's been very smooth. We've not had any hiccups along the way. <laughs> you know, no trains have been cancelled. No one's forgotten their SD card, so she has to record it on her phone. <laughs> You know, it's all gone very smooth. We're good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, no hiccups whatsoever. Um, made it here completely on time. Yeah. And we love to see it. Uh, so how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. How are you, Tara? I'm good. I'm actually really good. You know what happened on the way here, which is the first time this has ever happened? Yeah. I got recognised. No! A subscription said hello. She oh went, my God! Hey, are you a YouTuber? And I went, yeah. And she went, you're Tara Mooney. I watch your videos. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh my God. So shout out to Kaylee. And um, I'm, I think your boyfriend was called Mark. <laughs> she introduced me to her boyfriend. So yeah, it was really cool. You're part <laughs> of the family now. I that's know. It. Exactly. <laughs> and it was so sweet, but it hadn't happened before. So I was like, oh my God, someone... Okay. You're gonna have to travel around with a like, pen now, autograph, yeah. just sign copies of your headshots. <laughs> yeah, that's, it was really, it. <laughs> it was lovely, but it was also really disorientating because <laughs> I was just like, I've never, that's never happened, and I just assumed it wouldn't because like YouTube isn't, you know, we're not, we're not real, <laughs> we're not real media. It's people. just for the screen. It's like you shut <laughs> yeah. off, shut off your phone, shut off your laptop, and it's done, and it's yeah. done, never exactly. to be seen again. Exactly. But no, yeah. that sounds so cool. So that was great. So when I first saw you, I was really like flustered by that. I was oh. like, oh, that just happened. I was like, oh gosh, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, better not get too uh, big for my boots. No, let's be honest. It's all the cow. It's all the cow. <laughs> um, but for the listeners, in case they're not familiar with you, do you and the watchers, sorry, I keep forgetting. I am recording on my phone. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to tell them about what you do, who you are? Yeah, tell, them, tell us about your work. All right, so my name is Ash. Um, I make YouTube videos for the YouTube and the internet. Um, and I may mostly focus on fashion videos, social commentary, sometimes social media commentary. Um, I just graduated uni, studied geography and geology. Um, and that's about as good a synopsis as I can mm. come up with, to be fair. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Actually, I feel I feel like a good starting point would be tell us about your latest video because I just watched it last night and it was very interesting. Tell us about it. Yeah, so my last video was analyzing the uh, black women in luxury movement content on social media, which for anyone unfamiliar is basically like um, vision board esque posts that are like on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter sometimes of people posting. Um, black women online who are like going out and doing things that are like considered luxurious so like luxury vacations consuming luxury products like gucci handbags and the usual stuff um and i think my familiarity with that sort of content was starting with i can't even remember how many months ago now um but the musician i want to say sweetie Mm. um posted something about her at the time boyfriend buying her a birkin handbag and those mm. things can cost anywhere from like 15 grand or something which is ridiculous like wow. that's a year tuition <laughs> that's rent. that's anyway rich um, people and stuff <laughs> rich people stuff and basically her saying if a man isn't worth going to which also very heteronormative if a man isn't going to buy you a, a handbag or do whatever then he's not you know equate, basically equating 
Um, I'm sure that's completely uncontroversial <laughs> to say on the internet. I'm yeah, sure that then, incels wouldn't but, get a word <laughs> But then basically, um, yeah, instead of it being interpreted as, because what I think she wanted to say is basically just a romantic partner showing some form of um, gesture to profess their love. And if for mm. her that is in the form of a handbag, then fair enough. Um, that's a love language. Yeah, that, yeah, people do have different love languages, but then um an account which i think is a troll account was basically mm. saying yeah guys like from now on you can only go on two 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 hundred dollar dates with your boyfriend and whatever mm. stuff and people are like yes we deserve luxury and whatever and so i feel like these posts have now gone into that side of the internet where it's like um you know people want people perceive this like luxury as um, the only way for people to express that they are in comfort or enjoy or whatever, which I get from a certain degree is because for the longest time, black women have been excluded from any sense of um, luxury or like mm. comfort. But then when it comes solely down to, because then it starts to seep into like hustle culture side of the internet where right. we obviously know that doesn't work because yes. in order to hustle or to make as much money as the unhealthy and work whatever. patterns yeah it's either unhealthy work patterns or you're either exploiting somebody else down <laughs> MLMs. The or you're in an mlm <laughs> and you are um, being deluded which is like yeah. it's just really not good so i think i just did that video because i wanted to for me unpack all this sort of because there are parts of me that are like and i think like i said in the video you know you'll see someone you know doing this thing that's like oh look at they just got a luxury vacation or whatever and it's like oh you know good for you or whatever but then um I have to reconcile with the fact like for example right now a lot of influencers are going through uh you know are being held accountable for like why are you going to Hawaii when Hawaiians are complaining that they um are currently uh, running out of ICU beds because of COVID and loads oh. of tourists bringing COVID. Why are you going to Hawaii Christ. at this time? Then when you see the pictures online and it's just like a lovely black woman enjoying the sun somewhere nice and you're just like, oh, that looks cool. But then we sort of need to unpack why we like those images and stuff. Mm. So I think that's just why I wanted to talk about it. But yeah, I'm glad it's so far been received well though yeah. because i was kind of worried that it had um, zero dislikes when i watched it <laughs> i was kind of worried that, that some troll or something yeah somebody I mean, would find it and be like mm. um yeah i don't think that's ever actually because my channel is relatively small so it's not really happened to me that much oh, i think good. the one time i've um encountered trolls and like i think a few months ago i I posted on twitter and i was like oh i got my first hate oh, comment it's I'm twitter officially, i'm officially i'm officially a youtuber now i got my first hate comment was on um my video analyzing them is it is it a cute outfit or is she just yes, skinny because yes, that yes, video yes. for some reason the algorithm was like blew it up mm -hmm, i think it's up to mm -hmm. like eighty thousand views right mm -hmm. now and i've just like muted obviously i have comments muted but my mind has now muted that video i do yes. not acknowledge it because anytime i've like you know when you go in the uh youtube studio, studio yeah. thing and you mm -hmm. see like the comments on the side and i'm just like i'm not gonna look at no, that it's not healthy no <laughs> but then yeah there were some comments on there that were kind of like ironically even though in so for context the video was me talking about this trend online where like uh a bella hadid or a kendall jenner will wear a very simple or basic looking outfit and then be called like 
a fashion icon or something <laughs> but if a person who was say plus size tried to replicate the same outfit um they would be like made fun of on the internet or it's not going to look good on you mm. and stuff and, just, and also they're just very basic outfits which there's nothing wrong with i dress also, quite basic but like I, yeah i mean same but also like fashion icon when yeah it's like chill out it's like they're just it's just jeans and a t-shirt yeah like, yeah and <laughs> half the time what's really making the outfit look good in in air quotes for those listening the body. is the body it's like that person's abs or how long yes, their legs are or something exactly. which is not bad i mean they're working hard for the body as most some for like exercising or whatever they've or they've paid good money for it. <laughs> either way <laughs> either way there's a lot of work good for in. good for you but yeah. then to then criticize a more like normal or standard body or even plus size body for wearing the same things and not even criticize it's like downright bullying um mm. most of the time um you know it's just obviously unfair and i wanted to unpack that in that video um and in part of the part of the video was me mentioning how um also slight trigger warning i guess because we are talking about bullying and like body image and stuff um people being like you know like calling people fat as an insult and even though i've unpacked why that shouldn't be a thing in the video mm-hmm. those are the immediate hate comments that i yes. get in the video right. <laughs> to which i'm like you're clearly not listening <laughs> to what i've just said but fair enough your comment is engagement yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um negative comments you know they're engagement so ultimately they're losing the game they they might if they don't like your content then commenting that they don't like it is it's still helping is is yeah exactly and then people liking that comment is still helping yeah exactly <laughs> exactly exactly yeah well it, that's the thing it's like i i would love to sort of talk more about the whole like sustainability thing online because i think it has gotten like quote unquote trendy in the past couple of years and I love the way you talk about it Mm -hmm. and like you have this video which is I can't remember the exact title but it's something along the lines of why is environmentalism seen as like a more womanly thing yeah why is caring about the environment considered like quote unquote feminine yeah so do you want to tell us about that video right um so what had inspired that video is at the time obviously I was still in uni at the time I think that it's probably a year ago now Mm, mm yeah so i was still in uni at the time um and just noticing a trend with like the modules i was picking who was picking the modules and what kind of modules so like very um i guess practical based um type mod type modules are very um brainy as someone would say like very very (laughs) very heavy stuff was taught by male lecturers um uh, what was taught by men lecturers and then the other stuff which was more like um even the module that i credit for which is human geography which i credit for really getting me into the side of sustainable fashion and understanding the how the supply chains have come to be was taught by a woman um lecturer and i was kind of and i think at the time i don't remember what was going on what i was learning about (laughs) that kind of like re-sparked that conversation in my head where i was really thinking actually even if i think about like all the sustainability influences i i watch or look at even on instagram most of them are women and i couldn't especially with instagram i couldn't even think of anyone like reels content now or tiktoks or anything i can't think of a um a channel that's led by a man and i think at the time in the video i mentioned um a channel are uh, changing climate which is really good and 
unpacks a lot of topics like economically and social and stuff. Mm. Um, that's led by a man is also a faceless channel. So like a faceless channel where the guy just like does voiceovers mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. images and stuff. Um, and I was just trying to figure out like why it seems like women are a lot more open to being open to you know share opinions that may seem like controversial but also why it's been feminized so much and there are so many studies on even something as simple as carrying a tote bag or carrying a paper bag to a to a supermarket instead of buying one men are more likely not to carry on because i don't know no Fellas, is it Ella, gay to carry yeah. a paper bag? Fellas, is it gay to have a bag for life? <laughs> Jesus. You know, I feel like that parallels a bit, like, um, less so now. Like, there are some very famous male vegan YouTubers, but, yeah. you know, the idea of men being vegetarian or vegan was sort of considered, you know, emasculating, mm. by, mainly by people who are not exactly worth listening to on the topic anyway but it is interesting that caring (laughs) is often seen as like a gendered thing and it's it's a bummer because i once saw someone on on uh why am i even on twitter (laughs) yeah i I ask myself that every day i saw someone being like oh the reason uh women are more likely to become uh I think there was the same vegan or vegetarians. It's mm. like you guys used to be hunt. They used to, we, when we were out hunting and whatever. <sighs> you guys used to be picking fruits or something. And it's like, uh, do you realize for the human population so to funny. survive, you need a balanced diet? And yeah. they met after people yeah. were done doing all that. Like everyone is having. Yeah, the fruits. women were just eating berries. The lady <laughs> Neanderthals or whatever they were, yeah. were just having little berries. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, you just like are you okay? <laughs> because how do you even come up with that? But yeah, and I just wanted to because even in thinking of of um uh in in those modules that I was saying were like are very sustainability based and are also taught by a lot of uh women lecturers, the students who were most engaging in the in the modules were also women, and then all the heavy stuff, I guess, is also more populated by um uh men in in yes. in the student uh, in the student body and in the uh, staff body, and it was just mm. like a very interesting divide, which seems like it starts from early on because if uh women are less likely to be in say an engineering or a STEM degree in general, mm-hmm. then they're most they're less likely to be involved in. Uh, sustainable energy development and stuff and of right. course where things are more accessible like I think it's a lot easier to move from say a humanities based subject into mm. discussing sustainable fashion right and then or discussing um ethical consumption because there are quite um not what's the opposite of parallels but there are quite similarities in like being able to engage people and communicate and ad- administrative tasks, mm. right, that then end up so that women can still end up in those job roles, but also more interested in those subject areas, even though it doesn't have to be that way. And I guess I was trying to um, unpack that frustration when I made that um, video. Um, and I remember seeing the comments as well, of other, which just made me even more sad because it was other comments of other people confirming that it was like that. Um, in their courses or um, they'd seen those divides even trying to talk with like their families and I was just like 
that's, that's really unfortunate. interesting yeah yeah because yeah, sometimes you'll make something i'll make a video like that and i want to be wrong right like i want someone <laughs> in the comment to post me a statistics that's it that's saying actually men are very involved in sustainability mm. or something or it what and it'd be an accurate statistic yeah yeah, yeah. well that's the but thing. um you know i want to be wrong but then when you see comments of other people confirming that actually that's how it is for them as well it's like it's very frustrating it even um my channel demographics even though i'm not even sure i've ever filled in um what i identify as on youtube but you know right. the stats where it tells you yes. like mine Gender. yeah mine according to mine my um audience is mostly women mm -hmm. and yeah. then it's like if that is accurate then is that good i that just feels like it's confirming my hypothesis in that video that only women are more more mostly mm. women are interested in this thing i think part of that as well those if women youtubers tend to have more women filled audiences like i i mean i can't speak for everyone but i'm same with me mine's like overwhelmingly women 80 percent or something so i think there's that as well mm. um and also because you talk about social issues as well that affect women like you were saying with like the luxury movement with black yeah. women like i suppose it just pushes yeah, it to that audience yeah. as well. Yeah, so I, I think guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's like, why, instead of wanting someone to see something from a different perspective, the algorithm is kind of like, you like this, so you're only mm. going to get this, isn't it? Because I do think I also get very few recommendations of YouTube channels that are run by men. Mm. So, yeah, maybe that's just... Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, you, actually, funnily enough, related to this, you, you made a video about... Um, how the algorithm has finally, finally, recently uh, sort of delivered us black women, right? Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting because, I mean, maybe this is, perhaps this is like just me and this is a problem with me because I think I, I, I would say like a few years ago, perhaps my recommend, my subscription fee was much whiter, but I think it feels like in the past year that, you know, POC creators have like sort of popped off in a way or, or at least that's what the discussion is mm. um not saying they weren't there i just think what i'm saying is that they're, they're, they're finally getting the recognition they yeah. deserve right yeah. um so yeah tell us about that video and your thoughts um, on that topic yeah um i think when i made that video it was around the time like i i and i don't think it's just you because a lot i thought i think i see a lot of people saying is that um oh well your algorithm reflects your taste so if your algorithm is largely this and part of that is true but i do think part of it is just the algorithm pushes certain people like i think i only really started properly using youtube to like watch content in mm. 20 late 2018 early 2019 and at the time um i guess the algorithm figured out i like commentary i like watching people talk about things and the main content I used to be shown was like Cody Co, Noel Miller, that's that sort of thing. Um, and then I used to just be recommended a lot of white guys who did commentary, like a lot of white guys who did commentary, which nothing wrong with it. I did enjoy the content, but I just and I guess because I wasn't as actively using YouTube, I didn't really mind because like I would tune in when Cody posts a video and leave. Yeah. But then I really started like in-depth watching YouTube content uh, when the panoramic hit <laughs> in March, mm. March 2020. And then that's when I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. Okay, I want to watch something else. And then 
at some point a big scramble happened where um I did start to get uh channel recommendations that looked more like because then after comed the comedic side of commentary sort of like lost its I I just wasn't really that into it mm. anymore which you know everyone goes through a phase of like content they're mm. watching um and then I got into the ethical side of like YouTube I was shown like a lot of I still really like her channel like Kristen Leo sustainably mm. vegan those sorts of channels and it was still very white and I just thought is it because the topics I like are largely discussed by white people which mm. I would eventually discover was not true it was just ah. that they're like hidden and you have to like actively I don't even remember what I was searching but you and you just had to actively look for channels up until maybe I would say the I think it's the beginning of this year that I made that video all of a sudden there were um even I think even white content creators like I think Tiffany Ferg at the time was recommending a lot of POC creators mm. and a lot of people started this thing especially after I guess especially after everything that happened mm. with um BLM people were just like trying to push more content um from a different perspective and I guess eventually the YouTube algorithm picked up on that so um all of a sudden I think um I started seeing like Khadija Mbo, mm. Shamspear, Amanda Mariana, so many mm. channels and I was just like oh this is great um and I waited a while before I made that video because I thought maybe it was just like a small blip but then I thought started seeing other people commenting the same thing that that was happening for them or even people getting recommendations from YouTube not even from a person like seeing my channel pop up in their recommendations and then being like oh I'm so happy so many black women content creators are popping up in my feed um and even articles I've seen written about it don't really give a proper explanation except maybe um it it could either be YouTube has finally has finally made an equal opportunity algorithm mm. or they're actively trying to push more POC and, and black women in particular because they realize that it's it's been a mistake. I mean, the content is good, so there's no reason not to. Well, I think that's like one of the many issues with the whole YouTube algorithm thing. I think they're they're quite uh, closed off and cagey about it because obviously they don't want to give it away because then everyone will just cheat the system so yeah. I understand that but I think that's that's part of it it's like we don't know we don't have that transparency it's like do you have a conscious bias or is it an algorithmic bias mm. like does the algorithm just prefer like the, I saw a tweet on Twitter and it was like someone showed it was like a photo of like a white woman with a black man and like they posted oh, it, it the yeah, thing. And it, yeah. Kept, and it cropped the black guy out but I'm laughing because it's so bad like obviously it's I've terrible it's not because, like I've yeah. seen that because I've seen it where it even was like a, it, it was like a black person with a white circle and every time it wasn't even a person it was just like they no, were holding a circle no, cut out no. and every time the white circle cut out was like it, it wasn't even and it's like uh, which is why I think because now they've got rid of the crop yeah. So they couldn't change. They, they were like, we're really not going to go trying into not trying to be to racist. It's the robots. So it's the algorithm. So we're just going to remove the crop altogether. And I was just like, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I'm I glad mean, they did something. But I mean, but also, bonkers. it's clear. It's a clear indication that there was something going on. Wow. Um, to the point where they were just like, let's get rid of the crop. Let's get rid of it. Yeah. But or or at least like with TikTok, for example, it's well known that if you have terrible lighting. 
which lighting is even more important if you're like a darker shade because you're going to really need so if you have darker lighting use certain hashtags that are you know usually like pro black liberation or anything you're automatically and we know this like we know mm. the algorithm has a bias like it's and that they've never made it a secret but with youtube they've made it so much that you can't pinpoint anything because no. they're just like we, well we don't know either nobody knows yeah, exactly <laughs> so we don't know maybe it's you maybe it's your viewing choices and which i do think is unfair particularly for creators who are making their living on the mm, on the app because then gosh, you're like yeah. you're constantly and then with the creator studio that you just like you log in thinking you're going to post something and then it's telling you, oh, your last video was the worst. Nine like, out of ten. Nine out of ten. Ten, <laughs> ten out, out of ten. ten. You loser. <sighs> yeah. You get suck. A, get a job. You suck. This isn't it. This isn't it for you. Yeah. Just stop posting. Just leave. Um, Just stop exactly. whatever you're doing. And it's like so demoralizing when you're trying to uh, obviously um, make it on YouTube. Because there's no blueprint. Like you can do no. certain things, but there's no set um blueprint is that and no. just, you, it's up to fate it's like a, a lot of it is luck it really is <laughs> like you know exactly i mm. mean yeah it, it is bizarre isn't it and that's why i think it's on people to share creators that they like and like like what you're saying with tiffany fergley she she's always shouting out smaller creators which is awesome and it, it yeah if you're you know if your feed doesn't you know recommend you stuff you like you gotta sort of look at people you do like and see who's commenting on their videos because that's something i'd recommend to smaller creators obviously not in a spammy way but like <laughs> if you have creators you like you know comment on their videos say like i like this and people you know will click on you and that's that's a good way of doing it i mean that's how i found you know other creators so yeah. it's you know just got to find a way to skirt around the system yeah didn't we find each other in the comments section? i feel, I feel like, like it yeah i yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. somehow but yeah, yeah i feel like i've done that uh, quite a few times as well where like i'll just make a genuine comment and then someone will be like oh i came to your i found your videos because i yeah, saw your comment exactly on, you know wherever and it's like oh cool because the fact that um this small creator watches similar content to what you're already watching is going to be guaranteed that they make content you're they're on probably their way gonna like. yeah exactly yeah. exactly um so on a pivot because i just saw you posted this last night and i think it's honestly a fascinating topic you were saying that probably by the time this comes out this video will be out but you're planning to make a video on the whole idea like this whole molly may controversy oh yeah um I made a post about that on my community mm-hmm. post, mm-hmm. Then, didn't I? Yeah. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully it'll be up with yeah. <laughs> Because I do have moments of just like, eh, <laughs> no, I want to make it. Because again, I want to keep, I'm not living off this yet. So yes. I just want to keep it as. That's, that's fair. I want to keep this as light as possible. So if I feel like I'm forcing myself to make something, it's not going to come out good. So I'm just yeah, gonna, fair. But I do really want it to be up next week. But um. So basically, because this this was my first year watching Love Island, so I was like, "Really? Yeah, I never watched oh, it before. Wow, not a good um, season, to be honest. No, because so, then I was like, mm. what, what's the hype?' But then yeah. even when I would talk to other people, and they'd be like, "Yeah, no, this has been a terrible season. Mm. This isn't you. This isn't you not enjoying it. This has just been a very bad season." Yeah, like, exactly. Um, but a big sentiment I used to see, like, because I would <laughs> open, I would open. Turn on the TV to watch Love Island, but then just be reading the Love Island tweets. 
Yeah. <laughs> and like a big the tweets set, are better. The tweets were better than the show. But then uh, a big comment I used to see people make is like, oh, Kaz is such a fashion queen. She should get a deal with, you know, uh, all the fashion brands that show thing. pretty little thing. Mm. I saw it first. Yeah. All the people who sponsored the show. And like, I think most of what they wear on the show is from the brand. The, they usually have a, a, a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking, obviously, I don't agree with the practices of most of those brands. So I'm just like, I mean, if she gets it, you know, good for her, whatever. But then yes. it's not like a collective good as people would want it to be. Yes. Which I think ties back into that f- first video we mentioned. Because it's like, yes, this person is enjoying um, whatever sort of wealth or opportunities that are usually closed off. But they're not a collective good because those brands still exploit people you know whatever exactly and then it came up that um molly may is actually going to be the creative director of pretty little thing and mm. she got that that her initial sponsorship with them after her stint on love island didn't yes she? she was on it uh not last year but the year before 2019 i want to say yeah 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 mm. did she win no but they got i think they were second place right they right. they it's quite funny that year um Amber Rose Gill won and I the reason I specifically say her and not Amber and Greg is because Amber won she was a solo winner Greg Greg came in in the last week and was like I'll couple up with Amber and everyone like she won because she was just an icon (laughs) and is an icon Um, was it like him trying to be sneaky I think so I mean I'm gonna I mean, I can't, I, I don't read his mind, but it, it didn't look good because like only a few weeks after the show ended, he he cut it off and it was a bummer because it seemed like they were g- genuine or like, uh, I mean, within the a week, least, that doesn't sound genuine. Does it? it doesn't, does it? No. no. And also it's just like, Greg, you, you are so lucky. <laughs> you, yeah. But then it's like, you know what? She can do better anyway. It's fine. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. <laughs> but, but yeah, and it was like so. Molly May got her first deal with Pretty Little Thing, and my fami- director. Yeah, but my my familiarity with her was like, and I think I've done a video on this show as well, um, which was supposed to be like a documentary about Misguided, which is another fashion brand. Yes, both Misguided. Yeah, both Misguided Pretty Little Thing. Boohoo are oh, under Boohoo. are under Boohoo Incorporated. So Boohoo yes. Incorporated is like the mothership um, of all these three brands. And Misguided wanted to was wanted to were competing with Pretty Little Thing to actually get Molly May in twenty nineteen. And it's so funny, Misguided. Uh, so she took the Pretty Little Thing deal, which was five hundred grand, Jeez. but the Misguided deal was three hundred and fifty grand and a Range Rover, but she didn't <laughs> drive. first world problems she didn't have a driver's license i mean i don't either i'm not judging i mean but i feel like if someone offered me a car i would like i would fast track my driver's test immediately just like but also it's a range rover i think i would just sell it yeah (laughs) but you don't need a range rover no but then um london yeah but then um yeah so she declined the misguided deal and that's so watching that documentary which wasn't even a documentary to be fair because like when it was advertised i thought it was going to be like we're going to get into the nitty-gritties of the business we're going to see all the back ends of what really happens but really it was just like watching a bunch of interns in an office talk about like you know creating and there was a lot of like um i think a lot of people in that office actually have some body image issues of their own and they're also 
working in an industry that perpetuates them. It was a whole mess basically yes. to watch. But that's how I first learned about Molly May. Gotcha. And then hearing about her getting the creative director role now, it's like, oh, so what does that mean? Because apparently when a celebrity or an influencer has a fashion edit with a brand, so um, it'll be like, this is a line of Taramuni um, cow-inspired clothes. <laughs> you don't actually get to pick out most of the time the people who's who are putting their name forward don't actually get to pick the items. They are like pre-picked. They don't actually have any creative input. No, really. they they they're just like pre-picked sets, and they get oh. I, they I guess get to go that one or something. Mm. Um. So one of Molly's things in like her post announcing this creative director role was saying, um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, sorry everybody, <laughs> was saying, um, I'm gonna. Um, now have like you know license to say like to style items and to say these type designing items and stuff like that and clothing but because the role the job role name creative director is so vague people obviously don't know what to expect from it so like um, I think um, a sustainability influencer I follow Venetia I want to say yes. posted a tweet where she was like I would really hope that she would take this opportunity to make the brand more sustainable or something mm-hmm. um, and I usually like her post but when I saw that I was kind of like skeptical because I was like she clearly wouldn't have that kind of power that's like expecting someone to get a job at Amazon and like overturn the whole business model like it's not going to happen with just her and the fact that she's worked with them before, she has the same exact internet that you and I have, and she knows what how the business works. If she was in disagreement, I would assume if she was in disagreement with how the business functions, she just wouldn't have worked with them. Right. But she has. So she has no, um, clearly has no qualms with how they've been producing their products. Um, for anyone unaware, for example, Miss, Miss, no, Boohoo in general, so like I said, Boohoo, Be- Boohoo Inc. being the mothership, um, it was discovered last year in the pandemic that they were still having factory workers in Leicester working during the pandemic when there were lockdown restrictions and they weren't in any PPE and they were being paid £2.50 an hour um, where the national uh, minimum wage is something like, I think it was... Eight pounds? Eight pound if you're Depends over twenty four. Right. Okay, gotcha. Um at least seven pounds, right? So at least no, I think if you're eighteen it was like six fifty or something yeah. at the time. Either it's way, been raised since either way, but two either pounds way, is... two pound an hour was not um, it's a joke. Anywhere near like even even in Leicester, anywhere near near no. living wage. Um and also at the time Leicester um had like a huge spike in COVID numbers wow. and also considering we didn't have that big a vaccine rollout at the time no. so it was like really severe. That is really scummy. Um, and that's just in the UK like some of their clothes are manufactured abroad so you can imagine what the where they can skip regulate worker regulations yes. even more is probably going to be worse. Absolutely. Um, and this was plastered all over the news so if Molly May, who people are obviously mentioning in this case, is like a fave of theirs who, of course, wouldn't do something so egregious. If she was in disagreement with that, she never would have worked with Pretty Little Things. Exactly. To expect someone to all of of a sudden, like when a person gets a big role like that, I don't think you can just step in and rustle feathers. Like they would just fight you, fight you. You just get sacked. Yeah. I am. My plan with that video is to basically like I'm still like only halfway through researching it but i 
ideally um i want to just have because i try to avoid talking about an individual specifically because usually behind an individual doing something there's like a whole exactly it's not just them yeah, yeah there's like a whole wider discussion it just ha- so happens that molly may is the one who's like taking this step but there have been like um so many times where people are asking uh fast fashion influencers to make a change or campaign for better conditions for workers or something which is just not realistic like if that's where they can't bite the hand that's feeding them like someone said in my comments i think it like it's just not feasible to expect them the the only i think real course of action is to maybe have their fans who are obviously the reason why they have that source of income to divest from following them or buying the stuff that they're advertising but you can't um yeah i mean the only thing i would say that's slightly uh uh, counter that is i wonder if all influence that's very unrealistic that would never happen but if all influencers had basically had if all influencers said like no i'm not going to work with you unless you pay your workers fairly and use sustainable materials Mm. think of how much because we're in an influencer era they have the leverage to do Mm. that right if they all set that standard Mm. the industry a lot of like big fashion brands they would have no choice but to change because influencers are their capital yeah so i guess my question to you would be and the reason I asked this is because this was like a big topic of discussion with the whole people getting annoyed with best dress is I do think if you proclaim, and I'm not saying she did, yeah. um, I'm saying in general, if you proclaim to be a sustainable influencer, you're held to such a high standard. If you slip up slightly, you're scrutinized. Mm. Whereas if you never claim to be, people sort of in defense say, oh, well, they never claimed to be a sustainable influencer. Mm. And I'm like, the climate crisis is going to affect all of us, whether you're a sustainable influencer or, or not, not, whether you are a hypocrite or not. Yeah. So part of me wonders, do influencers owe us sustainability? My answer would be yes, but I don't know if that's A, unrealistic, and B, a bit hypercritical. And I'm not saying perfect sustainability. I'm mm. not saying they can't ever buy fast fashion or whatever. <laughs> what I am saying is that Molly May could have turned down that deal, right? Mm. And I know you're saying she wouldn't have anyway yeah. because she worked with them. She obviously yeah. doesn't really care. Yeah. So but, but my question to you, do you think influencers owe us sustainability? Um, see, because when we, when we just say influencers, people feel like, oh, you're being unfair to, you know, these people. But I think generally anyone who has influence yes. and not just an influencer. Yeah, I don't just mean Instagram just people. Owe, yeah, not just yeah. anyone uh, owes whether it's their audience, whether it's their employers, employees, whether it's their anyone who is under you deserves like um, proper treatment and proper treatment in the form of an in in for an influencer would be transparency to say this product that I am promoting to you will not give you diarrhea so you can lose weight. <laughs> this product that I'm <laughs> advertising yeah. to you is like legit is produced legitimately it does not um it does not involve exploitation of anybody like everyone deserves that level of honesty from someone who they are actively supporting but then it's also a wonder whether people care because then people some people just don't care some people are like I'm fine with fast fashion mm. or the common argument now is like well i'm poor so i have to consume fast fashion but then or like the growing one where it's like 
um, like, I don't know if you've seen my video where I'm like, you don't need, you know, Shein holes where people are buying $500 worth of items. Like, a person who's buying $500 worth of items is not, not poor. poor. Exactly. So why are yeah, you defending yeah, yeah. them? But then people are defending them because also because of the big capitalism we are um, <laughs> in, we're, we're um conditioned to defend the rich because we are assume at some point we are also going to be rich even though that's not how it works in terms of scale so we're it's like so unlike, yeah. it's such a big no you're right it's like such a big um little like ball of twine that if you try and pick it you're only going to end up with a long strand of issues that you have to sort of like section out to sort to sort it but i do think people are owed honesty Mm, people okay. are just owed honesty um so for someone like molly may to walk into a role and say i'm going to change things and not say what she's going to change and then have people assuming all these things of her like she's gonna um overhaul the whole system of the business she's just not going to do that but no. when she's been asked because i've read that she has been asked like interviewers bbc yes. whoever have, have asked her yes what about the working conditions what about the clothing manufacturing is that going to change? And she's just refused to comment. So she's obviously aware of the bad, bad stuff, but and she doesn't want to give herself bad press by, like you said, explicitly, either explicitly saying she's going to be a sustainable influencer, or explicitly say, but so just by not saying anything, and leaving her diehards to defend her online. Yeah. Um, it, which I think a lot of influencers fall into. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, like you meant, like you mentioned, best dressed, um, and another. She, she is like another reason why I don't want to discuss individuals specifically mm. anymore is because I did think way early on in my channel, I did make um, a video about her whole controversy, but I've since removed it because even though in the end of the video, I did make like positive points on why people shouldn't be giving her as much aggro as they have. Yeah, they because were, they were splitting hairs. Because her, people yeah. weren't watching the video to the end. They of just course, assumed, they never do. <laughs> they just assumed that I was going to say bad things. So I've yeah. just like, um, you know, ended up with, I just ended up with bad comments on the video and like negative mm. engagement and people and people obviously um, misconstruing a lot of what I was saying. So I was just like, I'm just going to take this out. I think actually what led me to taking it down was a really big video that I think got like a million uh, or so views by this uh, creator who I think compiled all the hate videos that best Holly Hargreave. Holly Hargreave. She's she, Australian. Yeah, she left a comment on my video saying, oh, you're such a nice person. I'm glad this video ended the way it did. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, good for oh, her that she watched it all the way through. Yeah, and then <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. And then as soon as I saw her comment, I went and saw she had a channel and then she'd posted that that big video on Best Dress and I was like, oh, this was potentially going to end up in a big compilation about me being part of did people it? who are bullying. It didn't. Oh, good, good. good and good. I was like, oh, think it, yeah, at least you watched it to the end because I weren't. wasn't. But then the fact, and then just watching that video made me realize the fact that so many people were just dogpiling on this one person. Exactly. Instead of discussing the issues surrounding her, which to be honest, I think the big issues were like just a, mm. a, a very demanding fan base. Yes, and I mean high expectations. Exactly, we could talk for hours about how <laughs> I I think you know Ashley deserved so much better, and mm. you know exactly like yeah, yeah she did yeah it was ridiculous to be honest the stuff some of the stuff she was being critiqued for yeah um well that's the thing and when I say like owe us sustainability I I don't think any influencer owes anyone anything because ultimately they're a human being I guess what I would say is 
if you are in a position of privilege and you have the money, mm. and that's why when we talk about fast fashion, I would never expect someone who earns minimum wage not to buy fast fashion. Yeah. Like you need clothes, you yeah. need clothes to keep yourself warm, you mm. need something on your back in the winter. I'm not going to criticize you for where you shop. Mm. Whereas if you're someone who, you know, lives and in like a swanky apartment and like yeah. earns like triple figures a year. I am going to hold you to a high standard, mm. and I do think it's and a problem. And to be honest, you... you should hold yourself to a higher standard. I agree. Because you yeah. can afford, you know, good quality clothing that's going to last you decades. Exactly. And you're choosing to buy this throwaway material. Like, exactly. have some self-respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if you can afford... Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's if you can... Yeah. You should. Whereas if you can't, I wouldn't. Ne- you're, you're. It's out of the question. It's a yeah. moot point. Like I would never hold you to that standard. And that also, would be if unfair. you, I feel like another thing that people don't factor in in the can you afford discussion is time, because um, with like thrifting or finding vintage items, it is a time dedication. Oh, gosh, and I feel yeah. like if you are making, like you said, six figures a year, mm. you you have time. Like get your assistant to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> your assistant. Get your assistant on. Get a thrift assistant. Yeah, get a thrift. Yeah. I'm pretty sure personal shoppers are still a thing. Like they you, are, especially yeah. in London. I didn't see a place that was like yeah, advertising. Yeah, yeah. That was shop. a big it's thing like... in the big top shop, but obviously top shops not a thing anymore. Oh. Well, it is a thing. It's on ASOS, but uh, you know what I mean. It's not a physical yeah, shop yeah, anymore. Not, yeah. Isn't that a bummer? Well, I was gonna say, isn't that a bummer? But I mean, it, um, the CEO you... allegedly was like a, a creep. Anyway. Ooh, I'm not surprising. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. surprising, but yeah, you. It, it's not just about the finances because, like, yeah, we are all still conditioned to not really think about the labor behind items. So maybe seeing a three hundred dollar like yeah. tensile sweater is sweater is gonna like throw mm. you off a bit. But then thrift or whatever. What do you even? need a new dress for that one event that you're exactly. going to wear hiring once. i love hiring. hiring i hire stuff for my videos it's really? all hired none of it's mine i was gonna because i was thinking about that like in one of you i think it was in your royal family video you yeah. wearing this like, no i purple. hired that, that was so so pretty and it i was like is, yeah that's okay. by a sustainable brand called olivia rose and the label but that was hired i didn't buy it yeah i've seen so many adverts for clothing hires and stuff and i was thinking about it's awesome looking into how that works and stuff because it looks like it would be a good deal because yeah. then you get to look nice one time and you know that that item is going to be worn by other people exactly. as well. Was... And it's that excitement, you know, when you get a new item of clothing that you love, you get mm. that excitement so much more. You get that adrenaline rush because I think that's the problem with like shopping being so addictive in capitalism. Mm. You know, you, you buy things that you don't need. Whereas with this, it's like, okay, I am only going to wear this once because how often am I going to wear a fucking ball gown? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, But you get that feeling yeah. and you get to feel gorgeous, but you're not, you know, adding yeah, to also waste yeah. and just like taking up space in your exactly you know? but yeah i've also seen it's not thread up i can't think of what but i think because i think it's only like an american service yes. where you can uh rent clothes for a month exactly. and then send them back but then if you decide to buy the item because you really like it then you can get it on a discount or something yes, which yes, makes yes. perfect sense that's great i yeah. haven't really found if there's like a uk alternative to that but i feel like mm. stuff like that um, makes more sense and it's going to make more sense yeah. going forward but then it only works if the items you're renting are obviously of good quality yes. because you can't exactly um share around a sheen crop top or something no, that's gonna would... like 
drink after one so wear. I was so heartbroken the other day. I walked into a charity shop and there was a Shein top in there and I was like, they've infiltrated. Yes. They've oh, entered, the, they've entered the main zone. Because exactly. the whole point of charity shop stuff is that, you know, you, what it used to be is that it was like things that people had for a long time and then gave away if like grandma died or whatever, oh you know. Yeah, but like that's because they lasted so long mm. and they that, that was what was great about them. Mm. So yeah, Shein... Get out, get out. <laughs> but um, and also I want to add as well. Like I think this comp this conversation gets more complicated when you talk about like size inclusivity and stuff as well. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Like sustainable brands and charity shopping must like it, not must is more difficult yeah. if you're plus size. So I, again, I wouldn't hold people who are plus size to the standard of that because yeah, you got to you got to get what you can get. Mm, so there are so many intersections, but then because you're usually trying to communicate the message of sustainable fashion on Twitter where you have a character limit yes. or on TikTok where you have a time so limit. So you're more dogmatic. And, and yeah. so you're just, yeah. And then but by the time you don't have time to express all those nuances, so of course the comments are going to have so much ammunition to, you know, just chop you down and be like what you're saying isn't feasible for these people and and then by the time you're like yeah i know i was just trying to say and in general yeah, for the people that can yeah, yeah and then it's like oh so you're inherently excluding people that's who are, yeah people just keep the internet the internet yeah yeah because <sighs> even where you're like i have 40 plus videos on my channel where I've said these following points and expressed these following beliefs. You can have a look and comb through this. Exactly. No, the, a person who's just looked out to argue with you is not going to look at that. Exactly. Is not going to care not about that. It. And is not going, even if you point them to uh, say, obviously you're not a content creator or anything and you point them to articles or something, mm. they're not going to read them because their whole thing is they've logged on to argue today exactly um or to defend their um maybe unethical or ha otherwise uh purchases and right. practices so yeah. they're, they're just out to defend themselves basically. and on that note ash mm. um since we're closing up do you want to tell the people where they can find you so they can argue with you or, <laughs> or send you love <laughs> so send your youtube i'm very i'm very uh terrible at confrontation so yeah. i'm only go watch her content it's great <laughs> um yeah but i am on youtube at ash tanya you can type that up i'm pretty sure i'm the first person who pops yeah. up unless my um youtube incognito has been lying to me <laughs> um and i'm also on twitter at spinelli ash with um <laughs> oh yeah because i used to watch um recess. rugrats no yeah, rugrats no yeah it's recess recess uh, yeah, yeah and there was a ash spinelli yes. show and then my family gave me that nickname and Love i was like that. i made that my twitter handle and i haven't changed it so oh no it's great there Don't. we are so i'm also on <laughs> on uh twitter spinelli ash and i'm on instagram as ash tanya but ash with the two h's and an underscore awesome yeah well thank but you. it's been so yeah. lovely yeah no, thank you this has oh been delightful yeah. um so what i usually do with my guests is that we go bye-bye you know you've seen the bye-bye mm -hmm. so shall we do that <laughs> okay. okay so three two one bye-bye bye-bye now bye-bye bye-bye now, now. <laughs> <laughs>